0: Welcome to Conquering Our Unseen Enemies. In this podcast, we help believers develop spiritual discernment. I am your host, Don Simmons, author, speaker, and YouTube host of Life Journey with Don Simmons. My purpose here is to explain Satan's strategies and how his kingdom functions to better equip you in reducing conflict, chaos, and ultimately eliminate Satan's influence in your life. These are life-changing conversations. We'll get started with this week's message in just a few moments, but first I want to ask you, would you like to know more about biblical history or historic and biblical places? Visit my YouTube channel, Life Journey with Don Simmons, to watch and learn about travels in historic areas discussed in the Bible. Come with us as we explore ancient places and share cultural background and influences on early Christianity. We will take you places where Paul wrote and shared the gospel. That's Life Journey with Don Simmons on YouTube. Welcome back. I am your host, Don Simmons. And in this episode of Conquering Our Unseen Enemies, we are going to be discussing the demons of distractions. These demons use multiple strategies and are so subtle, we don't notice it until we're already distracted and sometimes even forget what we were originally doing. First, we will discuss what the demon of distraction is. Then we will look at some biblical examples of distraction and discuss examples of this demon at work this past week and in, in a deliverance I did recently. Finally, we will talk about what we need to do to overcome this influence and evict it from our lives. And we'll use Jesus as an example. So let's first talk about the demon of Distraction. Who is this demon? You don't hear a lot about it, and that is actually part of how this demon works. It doesn't want you to know about him because that would defeat the purpose of his work. If he's doing his job correctly, you won't be able to follow through on understanding who he is because he can keep you focused elsewhere. So if we are dealing with this demon, we will have issues with focus, completing projects, following through on our commitments, remembering appointments, and time management. This will create problems in our relationships, in our work responsibilities, and prevent us from achieving our personal goals. All of that is bad enough. But the real intention of this demon is to keep us from developing and maintaining our relationship with the Lord. Using those other areas of our life is the distraction that will keep our wheels spinning so we don't read the Bible, pray, go to church, go to Bible study, all the things we need in our lives to keep them orderly and close to the Lord. So we can hear his voice above the demon of distraction. This demon will frequently be seen working together with the demons of frustration, forgetfulness, confusion, indifference, procrastination, and restlessness. So let's look at some biblical examples where we can see this demon at work. First, I know we picked on Eve a few weeks ago, but we need to take a look at her again. Now in Genesis 3, we see the distraction unfold. To give some context to the situation, Eve was made to be a helper for Adam, and Adam's responsibility was the Garden of Eden. Adam was to work the garden of Eden and take care of it. So Eve should have been busy at work tending to garden activities. The Bible doesn't tell us what their responsibilities were, but we do know it was a sizable area because it supported all the animals. Now as a side note based on the Bible's description, we have some clues geographically where the Garden of Eden likely was located and that is in the area referred to as Mesopotamia. In our modern geography, it is most likely determined to be in the Persian Gulf area in northern Kuwait and Iraq. So I love adding history and geography wherever I can. So, okay, now back to our point. Eve's role was to be a helper in the Garden of Eden. So she had areas she was meant to be focusing on in the Garden. At the time she was tempted by Satan, she was alone. So that leads me to believe that Adam was somewhere working, because they would likely have spent their downtime together. While alone, she would have been more vulnerable than when Adam was there. So we're all usually stronger when we have someone else there. The Bible even tells us that. There's scriptures you know where two or more are gathered in my name there I will be be also or if you think about the scripture and the cord, right? So likely she was on her own and she was distracted by Satan. Now that first distraction was very costly to her personally. It changed her life immediately in her spiritual death. And her life in terms of pain and childbearing and the land they were then given to them was cursed. So once they were ousted from the Garden of Eden, I can only imagine the amount of regret she had. Now let's take a look at Samson. To read about Samson, we need to go into the book of Judges. And his story starts in chapter 13. So the Israelites had been misbehaving, and God delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years as a judgment. Samson was God's answer to ending that judgment. And God took a barren woman and blessed her with a son who was to be treated differently from the moment he was conceived. So throughout his life, Samson had the spirit of the Lord with him. Unfortunately, he still made some mistakes and misjudgment and allowed himself to be distracted. His relationship with the Lord was severed as a result of poor judgment in his relationship with Delilah. And that's in Judges 16, 20. He made the mistake of telling Delilah how God gave him his strength even after she had betrayed him three times. So when the Lord left him, his strength left him, and some pretty torturous things happened to him as a result. In the end, he did kill thousands of Philistines, but he died along with them. So allowing the distraction of Delilah and then all the continual distractions she caused led him to a terrible end. Now, let's take a look at David, and we're going to go to 2 Samuel 11 for this story. So let's set the scene. It's spring. The men of Israel are at war, and David, their king, isn't where he is supposed to be, which is at war with them. Instead, he's at home. He gets distracted when he sees Bathsheba. He wants her, but she's married to one of his men. David doesn't care. He sends for her, does what he wants to do, and ultimately Bathsheba gets pregnant. So David does multiple things to try to cover up his sin by adding more sin to the mix and ultimately creates a huge mess for himself by getting Bathsheba's husband Uriah killed to help cover up the pregnancy. God isn't happy, and he sends Nathan to rebuke David and tell him the consequences. Now the baby dies, the household is sent into chaos, which means the kingdom of Israel is affected. So David allowed himself to be distracted, his relationship with the Lord was disrupted, and the consequences were permanent. Innocent lives were lost. David was not the only one to pay the price for the sins that followed his distraction. Okay, so we know these Bible stories, but what does that mean to us today? We have way more opportunities to be distracted today. Our cell phones alone offer endless hours of escape, hours of entertainment, ways to do things we shouldn't, ways to shop, ways to learn. Not all the opportunities are negative, but they can all be a distraction if we are not careful. As I was preparing for this podcast, I picked up my cell phone and I went to look up something and I got distracted by a video of Gordon Ramsay showing me how to make a delicious Wagyu burger. I then did not remember why I even picked up my phone. That was yesterday and I still don't remember, but I did go out afterward to Burger for lunch. So you know there was some positive that came out of it but i was still distracted now while that didn't have a lasting impact on me though the fat burger might distractions are in the small places and in the more impactful places so this past weekend i was in a prayer meeting now at my church before the service a group of us we meet for prayer it's over the church and we do soaking. So in, in soaking, if you're not familiar with it, we have a, a specific focus and we ask the Lord about it in this particular setting. And so we have worship music on and it's a prayerful time where we're waiting to hear for the, from the Lord. So it's not your typical prayer time. No one is speaking because we're focused and waiting on the Lord. And then we're most of us are writing out what the Lord has said to us individually and then we share at the end. Now, the room that we're in is used for the middle schoolers after we leave. And this past week, during prayer time, no less than five people came in the room to open or adjust a window. Everybody went to the same window, seemingly to do the same thing. Two other people came in the room looking around for something Two people came in late. One person brought in a kid about, I don't know, four or five years old, who isn't at an age where he could sit still and be quiet while the rest of the room is doing the prayer time. So the room was just full of distractions. So I've never seen so many people in and out of a room that is supposed to be quiet and focus now this isn't me complaining but this is me really just trying to describe to you so you can understand what was happening this past sunday that doesn't normally happen so i will say from the moment i walked in the room i knew something was going to be off in that prayer time you could you could feel a spiritual interference and and I didn't know why and I didn't know where it was coming from so I just decided to keep that to myself and wait to see what happened during that hour wherever God wants to move the enemy does too to keep us from moving with God and fulfilling his plans so no one and no place is immune to distractions But how we respond to them is what we need to address. Earlier this year, I was doing a deliverance on a woman, and we'll call her Jane, as we call everybody Jane or John. And it was probably one of the most severe cases that I have ever seen. So as we were beginning the deliverance, I could tell this was going to take a while and that there were going to be some manifestations along the way. So a lot of times in these situations, the manifestations that appear are not necessarily to do with the person, but more about a show to distract the person who's there to facilitate the deliverance. So this process was about four hours, which is longer than I would normally go in one sitting, but the demons were working really hard to stay. And the further we progressed, the more resistant they were to my commands. Ultimately, if the person is giving me this authority and wants this to happen, then the demons have to obey the authority that I have and Jesus, the authority we all have. However, in this particular case, they were stalling and the enemy was intending to use these manifestations to scare me or to deceive me into thinking i couldn't make them leave they tried several manifestations like having your head roll around and making your face contort to see if that makes me freak out because then they can gain some ground so as long as the person isn't being harmed i don't react to anything they're doing the name calling to me it doesn't matter to me The evil words they were saying, they don't matter to me. They hold no power or authority. So I keep going in my commands for them to leave. They'll try to have conversation, which is intended to make me lose focus on my agenda to evict them. So whether the enemy is using tactics that are subtle or bold, We can't lose our focus. They will work as hard as they need to because they know if they can get us distracted one time, they can build on breaking us down in our relationship and our time with the Lord. So how do we overcome these attempts at our time and attention? First, let's go back and see who the demon of distraction works with and how that plays on our emotions. So when we are feeling frustration or indifference, or when we're experiencing forgetfulness, confusion, procrastination, and restlessness, those are, you know, the things to keep in mind, those demons are working to make us feel vulnerable. The thing about our feelings is that we can't always trust our own feelings. How many times have you had your feelings hurt only to later find out you misunderstood something someone said? Our feelings are not always the best judge of a situation. So we need to be aware that our feelings can distract us from the Lord. Someone asked me last night in a discussion about the essentialness of daily prayer. What do I do if I don't feel like praying? My response is simple. You pray anyway. Even if it's just saying Jesus, Jesus, Jesus over and over again, don't let feelings override your actions because they will distract you and confuse your purpose and direction. So to overcome distraction, be mindful of our feelings directing our actions. We also need to be honest about our time management and how much time we are spending with the Lord. Look back at the last week and see where you intended to spend time with the Lord and evaluate it by activity. So church prayer bible study reading the bible whatever it is that you do where you're intending that to be time with the lord then break it out so you can you can see patterns develop so document how or why you were distracted for each of those events and you didn't do what you had planned to do and then decide how you're going to correct it so for example If I am not spending time reading the Bible because the TV is on and I'm binge watching whatever show and I can't turn it off to read the Bible, document it that way. So you can start to see what patterns and behaviors that you're doing that are leading into that, that are creating this distraction. If we look at Jesus as an example, we have a better understanding of how to improve our own lives. We need to be intentional about what we do and being accountable if we have a problem with distractions. And Jesus was good about that. So Jesus frequently stepped away from everyone and had his alone time with his Father. That was a necessity in his life. And if it were necessary for Jesus, then we are no exception, and we should model what worked for him in our own lives. I hope this has been helpful to you. If you know anyone who can benefit from this, please share this podcast. Now, as always, let's recap the top show points. So we discussed the demons of distraction. And these demons use multiple strategies and are usually subtle. Now, the demon of distraction doesn't want you to know about him because that would defeat the purpose of his work. If he's doing his job correctly, you won't be able to follow through on understanding who he is because he can keep you focused elsewhere. Now, this demon will frequently be seen working together with the demons of frustration, forgetfulness, confusion, indifference, procrastination, and restlessness. I gave an example of Eve getting distracted in the Garden of Eden and the costs of that distraction to her immediately and forevermore. We also talked about the example of Samson and his momentary distraction and giving in to Delilah and the painful immediate cost to him and ultimately led to his destruction. We also talked about the example of David and his distraction by Bathsheba and the loss of innocent life and the impact to the kingdom. We talked about the example of the distractions in the prayer meeting at my own church, an example of a demon trying to distract me during a deliverance. And we also talked about feelings and don't let your feelings override your actions because they're, just going to distract you. We talked about how to document our activities and the distractions so we can see patterns of distractions and decide how to correct it. And finally, we used Jesus as an example of how to focus on alone time with the Lord. So we encourage you to have an active Bible reading plan. It will be helpful in gaining wisdom and understanding and it's required for the gift of spiritual discernment. Now, if you want to learn more about how to hear God's voice, take a look at my book, Loving Conversations, How to Pray and Hear God's Voice. Now, there's also a study guide available. And then two new devotionals based on the Loving Conversations book are getting ready to come out. One of the devotionals is for women and one is for men. You can find those on the website loving conversations salo s-a-l-o dot com i have enjoyed our time this week and look forward to spending time again with you next week that is all we have for this week's episode of conquering our unseen enemies i hope you enjoyed your time with me and i would kindly ask you to rate our show and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Conquering Our Unseen Enemies. Now, if you have a story or a question you want to share, please email me at contact at Enemies.com. We do not need to use your name. And finally, please share this podcast with anyone you think might need it and enjoy it. So, until next time, remember the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. But we can give him an eviction notice.